Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Um, with the word that I'm going to share today, I, I really believe that God always meets us where we are, right? Every time that we gather on a Sunday, um, I believe that there's not one Sunday that we leave this place empty. Every time we gather, God has the ability to speak to our hearts, directly to our situation, directly to whatever we're going through. And I believe that uh, today is not going to be any different. I believe that today we're going on a journey together. And you'll see what I'm talking about. We're going on this journey together. And when we leave this place, we're going to leave better. We're going to leave encouraged. We're going to leave with our heads lifted high, believing that God is for us. So if you brought your Bibles today, which I hope you did, if you didn't, it's fine. Uh, It's going to be on the screen. I want you to go with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. And before you, you, uh, we read and as you, as you find Judges, I want to give you a little bit of context as to what is happening in this specific moment. Right? Uh, in Judges chapter 6, what, what is happening is that uh, the Israelites have been suffering attacks from a people called the Midianites. And these people will come to their town and take everything that belonged to them. They would take their crops, they would take their animals, their everything. Anything they could find, they would take. And the thing about this is that uh, it didn't happen one time. It didn't happen two times. Not three, not four. It happened seven years on a row. These people have showed up to the place where the Israelites are and they've taken everything from them. And the place where we're about to read, it's about to become the eighth year that the Midianites show up to take everything that the Israelites have. And so the Israelites by now, they're expecting what's going to happen. And so they're hiding. They, they know they come right around their time where they, they're going to collect their harvest. When all their hard work has paid off already, they know the enemy's coming to take the things that belong to them. And so they're they're. They're running away. They're hiding because they know what is coming. In Judges chapter 6, we're going to pick it up in verse 11. Are you there? It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of, the Midian, out of Midian's hands, am I not sending you? Gideon said, pardon me, my Lord, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And I don't know what your uh, 
take us on this right now. I don't know what you've heard about Gideon before, uh, but I believe this morning that out of these few verses, God really wants to give us new perspective for our situation and for our lives. I'm believing that as we put ourselves in the shoes of Gideon for a moment, and as we go on this journey with him through these verses, that God's going to speak to us. And this morning, I want to speak to you from this subject, what are you expecting? Come on, why don't you ask your neighbor, what are you expecting? I hope that you're expecting amazing things from uh, this day today. But as we continue, why don't we take a moment and pray and ask God to be with us as we go on this journey. God, we thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you that we can come home to this place, Jesus. We thank you that it is here where we find, have found family. It is in this place where some of us have found freedom. God, it is in this place where we get to hear from you. And so this morning we give you this time that we have together, God. We pray that you will begin to move in our hearts, that your spirit may be moving, God. That your spirit may begin to soften our hearts, God. That you will open up our eyes to see you, God, and uh, and our ears to hear you, Jesus. God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice and your word loud and clear. We want to leave this place empowered, changed, transformed with faith. Renew our faith in this place today, God. I pray that out of this moment together, this time together, Jesus, that miracles will happen. That as your word leaves my mouth, Jesus, it will do what only you can do, God. You have the power to change. You have the power to transform. You have the power to do miracles in an instant, God. So we give you this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. As I read the story of Gideon, I couldn't... uh, stop but i couldn't stop thinking about the word expectation right expectations we all have them we have expectations about our lives expectations about the things we are supposed to do expectations about what people are supposed to do right how people are supposed to behave people have expectations uh about us from us how we're supposed to behave what we're supposed to say not say expectations we all have them and, and, and have you ever had an expectation or been expecting something and your whole just added to changes in expectancy of what's about to happen? I'm going to give you an example. Last Sunday, it was my birthday, and Alex, so kind, he sang happy birthday to me every single service, right? And, well, it's very sweet, and I'm so thankful. Thank you. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a little bit awkward and shy, Right? And, and I don't know about you, but those 30 seconds, if that's how long it takes, it feels more like a minute of someone singing happy birthday to you can become very awkward, especially if it's a large crowd. So in the first service, I was like, okay. You know, it's unexpected. Second service, it became a little bit more expected. Third service, I already knew exactly the moment that birthday song was, was going to happen, right? And and, and this expectation of what's about to happen just sent me into this place of just, I, I didn't know what to do. It's awkward. Like, do I smile? Do I just smile for 30 seconds for a whole minute? Do I clap? Do I sing? Like, what do I do, right? Do I just like, like, what do you do? I know some people really enjoy that, but uh, not me, right? I just don't know what to do with myself. So as the time was coming, I would um, just pick up my bottle of water take a sip. I would look to my neighbor and just like, I don't know, say something, anything. I don't even know what. Just, <laughs> yeah, 
right? And you just don't know what to do. But the expectation sent me into a place where, where I, I decided how, how I was going to react, what I was going to do. And expectations, like I said, we, we all have them. Expectations, they can, they can take us to a place where, where we, we, it dictates what we're going to do next because we're expecting it. And in the verses we just read, I believe that this is exactly the place where Gideon is. Gideon is expecting something. Gideon has been going through a situation that has changed his life. It has changed the way that he approaches life, that he sees life. Gideon has come to expect his enemies year after year. Gideon is in a place where he's expecting that these people are coming to take everything that he's worked so hard for. Gideon is in a place where he, he, he knows that he needs to run and he needs to hide because he knows what's coming next. And, and I, I, I dare to believe that maybe the first year it, it was unexpected and the second year maybe he had some hope things will be a little bit different. But by the third and the fourth and the fifth year, I mean, seven years is a long time. I believe that by that seventh year, his expectation would have already changed and that his expectation changed his approach to life. The expectation that Gideon had made him change his life and made him accommodate his life to that expectation. And that is the power that expectations can have over our lives. I wonder what you are expecting this morning. I wonder what you are expecting from life this morning. I wonder what you are expecting out of that situation that you're in, out of that season that you're in. I wonder if you're expecting victory or if you're expecting defeat. And maybe your expectation is there based on past experiences that have brought you up until this point. I wonder what you're expecting today because I believe that in a room this size, there are people in this place. That we, maybe we walked in here this morning with the expectation that nothing was going to happen. Maybe we walked into this place because this is just what we do, but there was no further expectation for our situation or our circumstance. Maybe there's some people in this place that you walked in here this morning and you're dealing with a financial issue that was supposed to last a month. But instead, it turned to two and three and six. And six months became a year and a year became two. And so you walked into this place this morning with the expectation that struggle is just a place where you're going to live for the rest of your life. Maybe you walked into this place expecting that life is just never going to change. Because if it didn't change six months ago, it surely isn't going to change right now. I know some of you walked into this place and maybe you've, you, you heard the doctor give you the news. Maybe about you, maybe about a family member, and you walked into this place, and it's been a long time, and you feel like God has done nothing for you, and you feel like your situation has not changed. And you walked into this place with the expectation that the miracle is just not for you. You walked in here with the expectation that pain is just the way that your life is supposed to be like. You walked into this place with the expectation that the business isn't going to work out, that the business isn't going to make it. You walked into this place dealing with marriage issues and you've tried and you've tried and you've seen people and you've seeked help and nothing seems to change. And so you walked into this place this morning with the expectation that maybe this is just what life is going to look like for you. 
Maybe divorce is what you've seen your whole life in your family. Your mother got a divorce. Your auntie got a divorce. Your sister got a divorce. Your great-grandmother got a divorce. And so you're thinking that expectation that maybe this is the route that your life is going to go down. I don't know what expectation you came carrying in this place. Perhaps it's an addiction or a habit. And you've tried time and time again to break free. You've tried desperately, but this addiction seems to take over every single time. And so you walked in here with the expectation that you'll never be able to win over this addiction. You walked in here with the expectation that life is never going to look different for you. And I understand that life isn't always easy. Life is difficult. And life has a way to, uh, of throwing things our way that are going to send us into this place of, of bad expectation. And you know, I believe that the problem that we have is that if we are not careful with the expectation, we're going to allow this expectation to dictate the way that we live our lives. For Gideon, the expectation of his enemies arriving sent them running into a place of hiding. For Gideon, the expectation of what was about to happen sent him into a place of darkness. This isn't the place where Gideon was supposed to be you got to understand Gideon's job was to be threshing wheat out in the open. This is the way that they would do it, right? You need the wind in order to do this. But instead, Gideon finds himself inside a wine press, a ditch, if you will. He is hiding in the shadows. He is hiding under a tree. He has looked for the furthest, most remote place to hide from his enemies. He went running into a place where he did not belong. This isn't the place where he was supposed to be. This is a place that is actually making his life twice as hard. And I believe that there are some of us in this place that because of that expectation, because of that situation that you came in here carrying, that expectation of what's going to happen next has sent you running into a place of fear, into a place of isolation, into a place of defeat. That that situation you're facing perhaps has told you that there will be no victory for you. So you've gone running into a place of hiding, believing that there is no victory for you, believing that there is no miracle for your life. This is what the expectations can do in our lives. And maybe you find yourself today, much like Gideon, hiding in this wine press. And I wonder what that wine press place is for you. I wonder if today you're hiding in a place of loneliness. Maybe that place that you can't get out is a place of isolation. It's a place of bitterness, of unforgiveness. It's a place of pain. It's a place of doubt where you begin to doubt that God can actually do something in your life. I wonder what that circumstance in that situation is and where it has sent you hiding. As we go on this journey with, with Gideon, I want us to, for a second, take a moment to think about that. Where have I been hiding? What is that situation where I'm not supposed to be? It's not the place for me. It's not the place that God meant for me to be in, but yet that's where I'm at. And as we go running, as we go running from these things and these problems and these situations, and we think that we're so far, I want us to know one thing this morning. I want us to know that regardless of where our situation or our expectation has taken us, That there is no place so far that God cannot reach you. 
I know it sounds like a simple thought. There is no place so far where God can reach you. But when you've been in the depth of your mess, in the depth of your anxiety, when you've been in the depth of your loneliness, you're going to know that you feel like you're just so far away from God. And, and, and Gideon, he, he has a plan. Gideon has the perfect plan. He's thought about this. He's had seven years to think about this. He finds the most remote place to go and hide because he does not want to be seen. His plan is to go unnoticed. His plan is that when his enemies show up on the scene, they're just going to look and see nothing. The plan for him is to just be invisible to the eyes of people. But that is not a plan that works for God. That's not a plan that works when our God has his eye on you. God's eye was on Gideon from the beginning. So it didn't matter where he was hiding. and didn't matter how deep in a hole Gideon was. The eyes of God were on Gideon. Gideon thought he can fool the Midianites and perhaps he would have. But he couldn't hide from God. He couldn't hide his situation from God. It says that the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, it says that, that he's by the tree end. It doesn't give us any idea of how long he's been there for. Perhaps he's been sitting there that whole time that Gideon has been hiding. And the angel of the Lord um, is not just any angel. Scholars believe that he was Jesus before the New Testament. He was a representation of God himself. The presence of God was in that place, perhaps, as he sweated, trying to thresh the wheat. And as he was there, and I want you to think about this, you're hiding from your enemies, and every little unfamiliar noise is a threat. And he hears steps, and he he doesn't know what to do because fear begins to take over. But the angel of the Lord has been sitting there the whole time. It is possible for us to be in the presence of God and not know it. And because of his situation, he can't see that there's, that there's someone with him by his side. And I believe that much like Gideon, there can be some of us in this place that we've been in the middle of our mess. And we've thought that God is just so far from us. That you've been in the middle of that situation, that you've been crying, that you've been going over this thing in your head. And it's just caused you so much stress and so much anxiety. And you don't think that God has been by your side, but all along the presence of God was with you. You just were unaware of it. It is possible for you to to be unaware of the presence of God, but God is there with you. And the thing that we tend to believe is that the presence of problems means the absence of God. But that is not true. The fact that we cannot perceive his presence does not mean that he is not there, that he is not present. Uh, I don't know if you're in this place maybe today and you find yourself in a place where you think that you are too far from God's reach. Maybe you're here and you say, Diana, I, I, I like church and I like coming to church, but the reality is that I've just made too many mistakes. The reality is that over these past few months, maybe these past few years, my life has been a mess. And so I think that God has just grown tired of waiting for me. Maybe you're in this place and you say, I've just been making some bad choices. And so God must have gotten tired of waiting for me to get my life together. Maybe you're in this place and you've promised God, I'm going to do something different this time. And you found yourself doing the same thing again. And then you promised him again, God, I promise you this isn't going to happen again. And there you were the next time. 
And so we think that we are so far from God. We think that our circumstance has removed you so far, so far from him that he is unable to reach us. But I'm here to let you know that there is no place so far where God cannot reach you. That God is not afraid of the mess of your life. That God is not afraid of the circumstance and the situations of your life. That the questions that you have that you can't seem to get an answer for, God knows the answer. He is with you. He is by your side. That perhaps you feel like you've removed yourself from him. But he's never stopped walking alongside you. He is with you. He is walking by your side. God is not afraid of your situation. God is with you in this situation. God was not moved or afraid by the Midianites that were coming. He knew exactly what was going to happen. But we have this feeling sometimes that we think because life isn't perfect, because life is hard, that somehow Jesus has moved away. That because we're not perfect and we are broken and perfect people that we're removed from him. But this is not true. I remember being 19 years old and being invited to a connect group. And I didn't grow up in Christian church. Church wasn't something that I went to or attended every Sunday. And I remember just the week before I went to this connect group, I, I was going through a really difficult time in my life. And I remember specifically a Friday night, a Friday night before. I remember going to sleep at night and I remember crying myself to sleep. And I remember the only thing that I can say or think about in my mind was, God, God, I wonder if you're here. And as I cried, the only thing that I could replay in my mind was, I wonder if you're here. I wonder if you see me. I wish you were here with me. I wonder if you've seen my tears. I wonder if you see me here. I wonder because I wish in my heart that he could be by my side. And just a week later, I showed up to this connect group where I knew only the person that had invited me. And again, I'm awkward. I'm shy. You know, it's just like I'm trying a new thing. And it was, a, it was an amazing time. And right at the end of that connect group, um, the person that was leading it, he, he started to pray. And I remember he went around and he started to pray for people. And he was very specific about a lot of things. And then he got to me. And it was my turn. And the words that came out of this man's mouth changed my life forever because as he prayed for me, he specifically told me, all those nights that you've cried yourself to sleep, wondering if I've been by your side, wondering if I have seen your tears, I have been there with you. I've held you in my arms. I am with you. I see you. And those words changed my life forever because I knew that in the midst of my mess, in the midst of the moments where I thought God couldn't see me, he saw me. That in the midst of the moments where I could not see him or acknowledge his presence, that he was there with me the whole time. And those same words, I believe that are true for you this morning. That God is telling you, I see you. I know it seems like I'm not listening, but I am listening. I know it seems like I am silent, but I'm actually just hearing you. I know it seems like I'm not there by your side, but I am there present in your situation. I know life seems like it's a mess right now, but if you trust me, you'll see that I have a plan even for this season. There's no place where we can go that God will not find us. There's no place far enough where God cannot reach us. I love this verse in Psalm 139. It says, where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand would hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness would hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness would not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. I don't know what dark place you're in. And you're lost and confused in this dark space. But God isn't. And even if you don't know where you're stepping or how you're even walking, God is leading your every step. And when we put our trust in him, make sure, you're, you're, he's going to make sure that we're okay. And as you walk through the dark, you're not walking by yourself. There is a God in heaven who sees clear as day. And he's making a way for you. And so when we think that we're against the wall, when we think that this situation is just breaking us, that this situation is something we can't deal with, the presence of God will come to remind us that the crisis can become the encounter. Because just at the right time, the angel of God appeared to Gideon. I love this First, His presence was there. It says that he, that he came and sat there. But then it's specific, and it says that in this moment, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. There was a moment where his presence became something he could see. In this moment, Gideon turns around, and despite not having noticed his presence, his eyes are locked with the answer. And he sees the answer, and he sees this angel. And I love the words that come out of the angel's mouth. He calls him a mighty man of valor. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Now, this doesn't make sense. Gideon is confused, and he needs some answers. He's sitting there, he's, he's in that place, and he's saying, the Lord is with me. And he questions the angel, and he says, what do you mean the Lord is with me? If he would have been with us, this would have never happened. And isn't that much like us? That we have faith and we trust God until something terrible happens, until we're in this place of anxiety, and then we wonder if God really is with us. In that moment, we turn to God and we're like, God, are you really with me? Are you really listening to what I'm saying? We get to doubt God in those moments sometimes. And in those moments, we think that God is not present. And in those moments, we think that God has forgotten about us. But you know what I love about those, those dark places in our lives, those dark moments in our lives, is that God has the power to turn your place of hiding into your place of calling. Is that God has the power to turn your place of fear and isolation into the place of transformation. Is that God has the power to turn the place, the place of crisis into the place of encounter. I don't know about you, but if it wouldn't have been for some of those crisis moments, I wouldn't have had an encounter with God. If it wouldn't have been for that first time of crisis where I was crying myself to sleep, I would have never encountered my Savior. Sometimes we think that the dark places come to break our lives, but sometimes all they're trying to do is get our closest to Jesus. I don't know about you, but it is in the time of crisis where I've been facing everything that I've always just desire not to not to face not to go through it is in those moments of crisis where God meets us in a way we had never seen before we thought we had faith until that moment came knocking on our door and it was in that moment of crisis where the power of God showed himself faithful 
to us. Where that moment where we thought our strength wasn't enough and we were right, the strength of Jesus came to pick us up. If it wasn't for the moment of crisis, we would not have the moment of encounter. And so God is telling you this crisis is not here to break you. This crisis is not here to destroy your life. This crisis is here to help you, to position you for a place of breakthrough. I want you to understand that this morning, that your crisis has only positioned you for a breakthrough. Your your crisis has only positioned you to hear from God. Just see God in a new perspective. You are not by yourself. God is with you. I want us to change our perspective in that place of crisis because crisis will not last forever. Because we have a faithful God that will come to rescue us and pick us up. And that is exactly what happens to Gideon. And not only does he tell him the Lord is with you, he calls him a mighty man of valor. Gideon has some more questions about this one. He's saying, where? It's just, it's me. And I've had no more courage within me. I am afraid. I'm actually running. Like running. I know some of us can't even begin to to, to think what Gideon was going through. He's running for his life. He's hiding. Yet the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon cannot understand what is happening. You, you, may, you, may, you, may, you may have the wrong dude, like, it's not me. I, I, maybe there's someone else hiding in another ditch. It's not me. You came knocking in the wrong place. It's not me. The thing about God is that sometimes he's going to call us by a name that is unfamiliar to us because we cannot see it in ourselves. The problem is that there will be situations in our lives that will lead us to think that we are not what God says we are. We can be in situations that could completely Blur our vision and will make us doubt who God has created us to be. Yes, in that moment, Gideon was not a mighty man of valor. But it was who God created him to be. And so the word of God comes just at the right time to remind you that you are not what your situation says you are. The word of God comes to remind you that there are promises for your life despite the moment you are in. That while you're in the darkness and all you can see is fear. And all you can say is, I'm just a fearful person. I'm just afraid. I'm just full of anxiety. I'm just sick. I am just broken. I am just bitter. I am just sick. I am just addicted. That the word of God comes to remind you at the right time. That you are a son and a daughter of God. He comes to remind you at the right time that there is a plan and purpose for your life. He comes to remind you at the right time that there is victory waiting for you. He comes to remind you at the right time that this is the end. But our eyes and our ears need to be open to see and hear what he's saying. You are not your situation. I know you may have lied in that moment, in that situation, but that, you're not a liar. I know maybe you made a wrong decision that moment in your life, but you are not your bad decisions. I know you may have thought that because you're so afraid, you're a person that has no courage within you, but that is just a lie. Because God is calling you to victory. God is calling you to do more than you could ever imagine. And I really believe that God is calling you out today. That you're here not by coincidence. You're not here just because this is what you do. You're here in this moment. And I'm here in this moment because God is calling you out. 
And he's telling you, I want you to think about that place you've been hiding for so long. I want you to think about that place of brokenness. I want you to think about that place that's been holding you back. And I'm calling you out of that place. I'm calling you out of that mess. I'm calling you out of that addiction. I'm calling you out of that place of bitterness. But in order for us to fully get out, we need to understand that the call requires action. Because it's not enough for God to call you. God can be calling you all day, but you need to be willing to walk. And for some of us, that miracle seems so far away. For some of us, that relationship seems like it's so broken and you think that even if you start walking, when will you ever get to that place? For some of us, you may be so broken here today that that walking will look more like crawling, but that's okay. For some of us, as we begin to put one foot in front of the other, our legs might be shaking, but all God is asking you is to get moving. He's saying, this is who I say you are. Now I need you to get moving. Because me calling you isn't enough. I need you to get moving. I love what he tells him. He says, go in your strength. He promises victory. He tells him, you're going to kill every single one of your enemies, leaving none alive. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. Any and every single thing that came to rob from me and take from the things that God had for me will be destroyed in the name of Jesus. But after that promise, he tells him, go in your strength. Gideon has no strength. Gideon is broken. But I love the way that the word of God just puts everything in the perfect place. Because this happens so that we understand that the victory does not depend on our strength, but on God's strength. So he's telling Gideon, you need to get walking, you need to get going. And as you put one foot in front of the other, you're going to understand that my strength is the one that's going to carry you. That the miracle would not happen on its own. That you have nothing to do with this. Your hands are tied. There's nothing you can do about this situation. But as you hear my word and as you get moving, as you hear my voice, and as you start being obedient to it, something's going to happen. So for some of us today, God's calling you out and he's calling you out to obedience. He's saying it's time that you lose that phone number. It's time that you lose that friendship. It's time that you go and ask for forgiveness. It's time that you forgive someone. It's time that you get out of that place you've been hiding. It's time that you ask for help. It's time that you get to rehab. It is time that you tell someone what's going on. It's time that you get walking. Can we get up on our feet this morning? God is calling you out. And I wonder what... Our expectation of God is. Because maybe you just need to shift your expectation from the problem to the answer. And I want that to be what we leave with this morning. Let your expectation be put in the hands of God. Let your expectation be put on the one that has promised victory for you. We're going to pray in a moment. And I believe that today is the day where some of us will choose to step out. That God has been calling you for way too long. You're here every weekend. You go to connect group. You show up on Monday nights to CR. And God is calling you and calling you and calling you. But he's asking you to go. And as you go with the strength you think you don't have, God's going to equip you to get to the other side. I want you to think about that place. And uh, I want you to just close your eyes. And I just want to pray for us this morning because I believe that miracles are happening. I believe that in this place, things have shifted inside our hearts. And that we're going to leave different.
And if you find that place in your heart, if you see it, I want you to, as I pray, I want you to just give it to God. I want you to ask God for the strength to to be able to step out. God, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that your word has the power to transform our lives, that your word has the power to call us out of the mess we're in, out of the pain we are in, out of the anxiety we find ourselves in, God, out of the depression we are in, God. And so this moment, Jesus, we want to give you our hearts. We want to give you our strength, God. In this moment, we want you, Jesus, to come and give us the strength that we need to put one foot in front of the other, God. We are declaring victory over our situations, God. We are praying and believing that any moment that we face a difficult situation, God, we will not doubt you, but we will be ready and position, God, for the breakthrough you're bringing into our lives, God. We pray, Jesus, that from now on our expectation will be placed on you, God. Expectation that even in this moment you will break chains, that even in this moment you will break chains of addiction, God. That even in this moment you will heal hearts, God. That in this moment you will make our hearts whole again, Jesus. I pray for wisdom, for freedom, God, for strength, for peace over our lives, God. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God a big hand this morning? Come on, anybody thankful for the word of God? You're a phenomenal preacher. I love you. And uh, thank you for that message. You're my favorite preacher. What a word. Come on, can we thank God for my wife's life? I love you. Let's close our eyes really quick. We're about to leave in just a moment. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Diana just took a moment to pray for people who want to take an action step today and, and step out of where they are. And, and maybe you're saying, I would love to, but, but I don't even understand this whole thing of God and us. And you feel like you don't have a relationship with God. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, maybe this is your first time here, second time here. Maybe you came to support a friend that's getting baptized. And uh, you've never really been in church or, or it's been a long time since you've been in one. I want to tell you that God doesn't just want you to attend church. That's great. But God desires a relationship with you. He loves you. Not with a church, not with a pastor, not with anybody. He, he wants a relationship with you. Maybe you're saying there's no way he could want a relationship with me. I've done too much damage. I've done so much wrong. How can God love me? That's the crazy thing about grace. We don't deserve it, but still he loves us. God loves us, but he, but he can't be with sin. And sin comes to separate us from God. And the truth is that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all sinned. The Bible said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done wrong. Sin comes to separate, but God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came to unite us back to the father. The Bible says that Jesus came down to earth. He grabbed my sin, your sin. He grabbed all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, all of our errors, all of our shame, all of our guilt. And the Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. And he went up on a cross at Calvary and he paid a price for all of us. With every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, that's me. I've done too much wrong. There's no way God can love me. God has grabbed that sin, put it on Jesus. He went up on that cross and he died for every single one of us, for all of our sins. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross. He went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. Jesus is alive today. We believe that he's the hope that humanity is looking for. He's the peace that all of us have been searching for. You can't find it in a relationship. You can't find it in any kind of substances. You can't find it with no money. Peace comes with a relationship 
with Jesus. Jesus loves you. And, and in just a moment, I want to count to three. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I need forgiveness for my sins. I want a brand new beginning. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I need a brand new start. I want a relationship with this God who loves us. I want Jesus to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new beginning in my life, in my family, in my home. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I'm not going to call you out. We're not going to give you a microphone, none of that. In fact, every eye closed, every head bowed. At the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I'm going to see who it is, and I'll just know who I'm praying for. Then you can put it right back down. Hold it up for a few seconds. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this place. Raise your hand. Amazing. God bless you. 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 Amazing. 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 Father, we thank you for these hands raised. Thank you for every single person making a decision today to start a relationship with you. With eyes closed, head bowed, I'm going to say a simple prayer. Those of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. If you're watching online, anywhere in the world, that you're making this decision as well. Repeat after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say this out loud together. Come on, say this strong. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he's the son of God. That he died for my sins. And on the third day, he resurrected. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we give, can we give them a big, big hand? Give God a big hand as well.